You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on the Brand Boost Podcast, powered by Zoom. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have the wonderful April Smith from Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going to be talking a little bit about how she transitioned her career. Also have some cool stories about how she landed landed some of her jobs, but also uh, talking about that almighty first client. Uh, April will join us in a couple seconds, but I want to thank Spera for sponsoring this Freedom Economy series. We are wrapping up, coming near its end here. And uh, really, for those of you that are freelancers, creatives, uh, entrepreneurs, maybe running a small business, and you don't know what Spera is yet or haven't heard the Freedom Economy series, head on over to the Brand Boost Cast, uh, Brand Boost Podcast. Look at that. I can't even say my own podcast. Brandboostcast.com. The Freedom Economy series uh, is, is listed right there on the website. You can go back and listen to episodes with Scott Monty, from former Ford, Coca Sexton of LinkedIn, Amy Schmittauer of Savvy Sexy Social. Uh, we talk a little bit more about the Freedom Economy Report as well, and how many, many more people by 2020 will be joining the freedom economy, trying to, uh, trying to get out there and make their own money. Right. April. Yep. That's right. Uh, for those of you that want to sign up for the spare a platform, there's 30 days free brandboostcast.com forward slash freedom. But Anyway, I want to jump in and talk to my my next guest today who uh, abandoned me last time I came to Charlotte. She didn't show up at her office and I, I went to go visit, but she wasn't there. How are you, Char- uh, Charlotte? April. <laughs> <laughs> We're just tongue tied this morning. Uh, I had a girl in one of my classes named Charlotte in high school. And no one believed that Charlotte was a city in North Carolina. I was the only person that knew that, apparently. I imagine that we were not anywhere near where we are on the map today. Charlotte has grown so much recently. So, yeah, I totally believe that. It's it, no funny story. We um, our teacher, it was second grade. Our teacher asked us, we always had a spelling, our spelling tests, spelling quizzes, whatever it was uh, every week. And so she asked us to submit words every week to, you know, submit like one or two words, you know, give, give us a word. So I stood up and I said, Charlotte. And everyone thought from that point on, I had a, a crush on this girl, Charlotte. And I said, no, even my teacher didn't know. And I said, no, it's, it's a city in North Carolina. And I mind you, I'm like seven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so somebody spelled it obviously correctly because it, it's really not that hard, especially because it's spelled the same way as this girl, Charlotte. And, um, and that was it. The teacher never believed me that it was actually a city. I don't think she even ever looked it up or anything, which was really unfortunate, but that was my youngest re- recollection of the city of Charlotte and first crush and first crush. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte. So April, what is going on? How is Social Ape doing? Social Ape is good. Um, we are rocking and rolling and preparing for 2017. So really excited for new things that are coming in the next year. For those of you that don't know, because most of you probably don't, April runs Social Ape Marketing, which is a marketing uh, firm in Charlotte, focused on social media, PR, branding, and events, and really telling a client's story uh, by engaging conversation, really one-on-one, right? One-on-one engaging conversation with your client's stories. Um, I think that's pretty fascinating. We talk a lot about storytelling, and uh, it's it's cool to talk to somebody who's actually doing it daily. Um, but 
I want to focus a little bit about your uh, your story before that, your backstory before Social Ape, which is going back almost six years now, right? Yeah, about that. <laughs> um, let's let's start. Let's rewind and go to the job you had before. Um, you know, right before Social Ape, and then I, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. What uh, what were you doing before before Social Ape marketing? So, um, I can rewind all the way back, um, go all the way back. You can go far, as far back as you want. I got okay. the rewind button on lock. You go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, so I actually went to school. I'm from Virginia. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina now, but I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Um, and I went to Radford university. Have you ever heard of Radford? Uh, no. Okay. So half people I think have, and then the other half have just not. So Radford university is 15 minutes from Virginia tech. It's in Southwest Virginia. Uh, not to be confused with South West Virginia. Um, so I went to school there. Yes, there is. Well, there's Virginia and then there's West Virginia and you cannot get them confused. Uh, so I went to school at Radford university. Um, and then, uh, shortly after that, I moved to Charlotte. Um, and I did not know, I think I knew only my roommate and maybe one other person. So we just, we were young. We just moved to, um, try something different and moved to a different city. We had heard really great things about Charlotte. So that's what we did. We moved here. We didn't have jobs. We did not know what we were doing, um, in the least bit. So we, um, just kind of figured our way out. I actually started waiting tables here at that time. And then eventually started bartending, um, and had fun here for the first uh, couple years in Charlotte. Um, and then, um, out of nowhere, I kind of just fell into social media marketing. I became really interested in it. Um, I had joined Twitter, I think after like six months to a year or so, I was really obsessed with it. This was probably, um, eight years, seven, eight years ago. And I noticed that some big brands were starting to use Twitter. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. I had no background in marketing or advertising, um, um, or communications at all. I went to school for sports medicine. So that's pretty like far away from, you know, owning a business. Um, and, you know, I did love my coursework at Radford, um, you know, the sports medicine, I really enjoy like learning about like human anatomy and physiology and, and, um, things like that. But, um, looking back, I think I wish I had gone to school for business. Um, but it is what it is. So, um, I had no like marketing business, um, or advertising background, but I was really interested by the fact that brand, big brands are trying to use Twitter or social media in general. Um, and so I kind of wanted to learn more about that. Um, and my boyfriend at the time, which this was years ago, um, I had a Blackberry. So this is how long this was like when Blackberries were really, oh, really oh, cool. Oh, please. Which Blackberry did you have? This is critical. Okay. Am I supposed to know the model number? <laughs> I mean, if you can remember, if not, it's okay. No, I don't. Can you? I had the 8820 okay. and I, I thought the 8820 was the coolest thing ever because it didn't have a camera and it was like the world phone. And I never like I wasn't traveling the world, but I thought I was so cool because oh, I had the world phone. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So I just I just Googled Blackberry 8820. I I don't think mine was that cool. I don't I mean, mine wasn't cool. It didn't have a camera. It was like huh. straight up okay. just a phone, which is cool. But it was right. Anyway. Um, so I had I don't know the model number, but just like a regular Blackberry. And I was on it all the time um, on Twitter. And I think, you know, guess Facebook at the, at the time. Um, and my boyfriend 
hated the fact cause he was not big into social media at the time. And, um, he hated the fact that I was always on my phone basically. So, um, he said to me one day when I was on my phone, he said, like, if you enjoy it so much, if you like it so much, then why do you find a job where you can do that? And I actually, he was, he was completely kidding. He was joking, but I actually kind of, you know, took it to heart and thought to myself, Hey, that's not a bad idea. So, um, I did, uh, start to do some research in Charlotte and social media marketing. So what I did is I went to Twitter naturally, and I just typed in social media, um, Charlotte. So those three words and up popped, um, a few different people, but not many, I mean, nowhere near what, you know, would pop up today. So I found this, um, guy who was putting on a conference. It was called the social media motor sports summit. And so it was this conference, this was years ago, which is just amazing to me that this was even a thing that they could put butts in seats. Um, but it was a, sorry, can you hear me? I can hear you. These things happen. It's okay. Okay. So how do I prevent this from happening again? Put your phone on. Do not disturb. Okay. My bad. All good. Shit. I'm probably going to leave this into the podcast too. Cause I think it's funny. <laughs> I just cursed. Oops. <laughs> um, moving forward. Okay. So I, uh, <laughs> so I searched for, um, social media and Charlotte, and then I found a conference of social media motorsports summit. Um, and I asked this guy who was putting on this conference. So it was a conference for people in motorsports using social media. And, um, so I, I, I sent him a message and I said, Hey, I want to get into like social media marketing. I don't know how to do that. Do you have any advice for me? And he said, um, sure, you can come and help me with my conference and volunteer. So that's what I did. Um, and interestingly enough from that conference, the, at the after party, I met Jason Keith of social fresh. Um, and I, um, met with him and I basically begged him to give me an internship, uh, that year, which he did. He had just moved to New York and I was still in Charlotte. So we, um, we worked, um, I, I helped him on some things like content calendars and things like that. So I did an internship with social fresh and I learned a lot there. Um, and then from there I started freelancing. Um, and I, and so I was actually still bartending, um, because I had to pay my bills. So that was the only way that I was able to pay my bills at that time. And my employer, uh, which was a rest, the owner of a restaurant, I came to him and I asked him, I said, hi, like, I know, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there are some businesses that are starting to use Twitter and Facebook for, um, basically advertising online. Um, and I want to learn how to do that. Could I use your restaurant? And you as kind of like a guinea pig, can I do that for you for free? And if it works, you can pay me eventually. And if it doesn't, then, you know, we just won't do it anymore. Um, and he said, of course, you know, sure, let's do it. So that was my first, I guess, client, even though they weren't paying me. Um, and I learned how to, you know, speak um, for someone else and for a client and create content for them and be creative. And it was a lot of fun. So that was my first, I guess, freelancing client. And, um, so I was actually looking for full-time work, hoping to find a job in marketing and social media, preferably. And what I did was I created my own website. It was sort of, um, an online portfolio with my resume. And, um, you know, basically there was a page that said, hire me. And it listed the reasons why someone would want to hire me, um, and what I could bring to their company. And, you know, this went on for several months of me just kind of, um, you know, promoting myself and my personal brand online and, and having my friends do the same. 
Um, and then one night when I was at a charity event, I received a text or I received um, a tweet from someone who I did know. And it said, um, you know, send me a direct message. I'd like to meet with you. I think I have an opportunity for you. And it was a producer at ESPNU. And uh, ESPNU is actually, uh, they're here in Charlotte. Um, and so is the SEC network now. So I was hoping and praying that when I read this tweet, that this guy did work for ESPNU and that the job was for ESPNU. So I know at that time it was like, you know, we didn't know who we were talking to. Right. So I was really really, really excited. Um, and he said, let's get together for lunch. So we got together for lunch. We had a great conversation. He's an awesome dude. And, uh, he, at the end of lunch, he said, so do you want, do you want the job? Uh, and I of course said, yes. So that was it. So I got a job with ESPNU. So, uh, the reason why, how I got the job was because someone on Twitter followed me, um, had been following me for a while. And his, his best friend was the producer for this show that was looking for social media marketing help at ESPNU. So let's, let's just, let's just tie this in real quick before we continue, um, and get into the social ape days or, you know, through the ESPNU days, um, you used Twitter, you kind of put yourself out there and without really knowing it, right. I mean, you just, you, you kind of had yourself, I don't want to say vulnerable, but essentially you were, you know, kind of, you know, vulnerable. You just put it out there like higher. I, I, you were telling me in the, the show before about your, you know, your page and, and whatnot. And, you know, now, now that's a lot of things that we preach or we hear in the social media space, people preaching, like be vulnerable and have conversations. And like you were doing that before it was cool, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you had to give a tip to a freelancer today or somebody that was maybe looking to jump into freelance work from their job, whatever it may be. I think the takeaway there is to make sure you're putting it out there. Make sure you're, you're constantly setting the, I don't want to say the bait or whatever, but you know, you can't always be putting yourself in a position to where you can have conversations, you know, cause you don't know where the conversation is going to lead you to. Right. Uh, and you don't know what, you know, what it could do, whether it's, a year down the road, two years down the road, whether it's, you know, a month down the road, it doesn't matter. But if you're constantly looking for relationships, uh, to, to cultivate online as if they were, you know, real face-to-face ones, I think that's when you reap benefits. And like for you, it, you had a, you know, a tweet or an online presence that led to a face-to-face that led to a job. So like, so that, that to me is real tangible proof that this stuff does work. Um, right. Okay. So now we're at ESPN, right? Yes. So I worked at ESPNU for a year and it was amazing. Um, as most people would assume it was a lot of fun. I I was a social media manager there. I was able to help out with, uh, the social media during, uh, live, um, on air shows. And I helped work with on air talent. So I was in the control room during three hour long shows. I worked on the Palmer and Pollock show, uh, with Jesse Palmer and David Pollock. And I was able to interact with fans during the live shows. So a lot of these were students in college that were in their dorm room on break, maybe, and just chatting about football. Um, it was a lot of fun. And so, so you're fine. So from (laughs) from there, um, I actually, so after my, I had a contract there with them for about a year. And after my contract ended, I basically had to make the decision. Do I want to look for a full-time job? Um, or do I want to maybe go back to freelancing? 
So that was a really tough decision. I think I sat on that for about three months trying to decide. And uh, in that time, I actually had two or three friends that came to me and said, hi, like, you know, I, I have people who need your help. My friend owns a business and he needs help or she needs help. And so from there, I made the the decision to go ahead and start an actual business instead of interviewing for jobs. At the time, the job market was pretty tough. Uh, It still is now, but um, it was, it just made more sense to me to kind of start my own thing and continue doing what I love um, and being independent and challenging myself every day, as opposed to going to work for someone else for potentially even getting a job. Where, and let's, let's just, I guess, think of the mindset here, right? Because I think everybody, and you've been doing this now for, you know, what it's almost six years. So you have not, not everyone makes it that far. I guess that's where I'm trying to get at, right? Not everyone gets to that point. Um, and I'm sure there's ups and downs. I'm sure there's still ups and downs. It's not always going to be like, woo, we're flying high. We're making total dominant world domination every month. Right. I, I don't, I'm not telling you that your business is not, I'm just saying that that's just typical, like entrepreneur, small business. Like that's the way it is. It's a grind, right? Every month or every week, every day, it's something new. I and mean, that's kind of why we do it. I mean, I know that's why I do it. Cause I, every day is something different. Every month is something different. <laughs> um, some people call me crazy. I'm sure some people called you crazy mm-hmm. for sure. But w- what was the mindset? Like, w- where's your mindset at that point when you're like, okay, I'm going to jump onto my own and I'm going to do this and I'm not going to go look for an employer. I mean, what, you, what exactly is going through your head? What, like, what are the values? What are the things you're looking for? You know, how, what would you tell others that are in that same position? How do you know it's the right move for you? Right. So at the time, this was, you know, four and a half years ago that I, that I started social ape officially, that it was incorporated. Um, at the time, I don't think I was, you know, it kind of just made sense. I fell into it. I think I got lucky because I already had a few clients right, um, off the bat, but I think it would have helped me if I had been, you know, a little more cautious as to what I was getting into. So, you know, it's tough sometimes. Um, like you said, sometimes, you know, it's a roller coaster some days, um, weeks, months, no matter what year you're into it. I'm four and a half years in and, you know, I, I still have bad days. I still have great days, but I think for people who are considering entrepreneurship, um, you know, it's, it's great. There's so many benefits. I love the flexibility. I love the independence. I love being able to challenge myself. I love being, um, I love the fact that I don't necessarily have to work a nine to five and be chained to a desk all day. That is not me. That has never been me. And that never will be me. Um, even though I actually do sit at a desk all day, (laughs) but (laughs) but it's my desk and it's my office and it's my company. And that, that makes a very big difference because I have the freedom to basically go as high as I want to. And so that's really important to me, not necessarily like the cap of money, but you can grow as much and as big as you want to. And I think that that's awesome. Uh, you don't have to ask for a promotion or a raise. You can just go out there and get new clients or, um, offer new services, um, and things like that. So I think for anyone, there's so many benefits, but it, but it is tough. And I think that you have to have the right mindset. You have to be prepared and organized, um, and, and ready to really buckle down and work really hard. You do not. And everyone knows this. I'm sure you do not leave the nine to five to work less oh, hours. You actually do it to work more. Anybody that thinks they're going to jump into it. It's funny. I, um, 
I was writing a blog post yesterday for this Freedom Economy series. And point number four, I couldn't even make it any more brief. I couldn't elaborate on it really, because it's just, I'll read it to you exactly. I mean, no one's seen it yet. It hasn't gone out, but it just says, get ready to work. You have two jobs. What do you expect? This is for somebody who is still like working a side hustle. So there's a little bit of a uh, difference, but I said, Friday nights no longer exist. The weekend is no longer a reprieve from work. And on the bright side, you'll never look at Monday morning with such disdain because it's always Monday morning. <laughs> and I think it's so true. Like, it's so true, right? Whether you're yeah. working a side hustle and, you know, you're trying to grow something before you jump out or you're, you're simply an entrepreneur or, you know, freelancer or small business, whatever it is, you can't simply say, okay, nine to five, that's it. Or the weekend's not there. I mean, if something's pressed, I mean, I know for myself, I have clients in Europe and I have clients in Hawaii. So, I mean, I'm working at all different times. Uh, and as, as I'm sure you are, as I'm sure many are, so you can't just turn it off. And I think it's funny that some think they're going to go and jump into entrepreneurship or, you know, run their small, whatever it is. And they're going to have so much freedom on their hands. They're going to have all this fun and all, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's fun every, every single day, but I never for once think like, Oh man, I'm going to go and just sit on the beach all day long because it's not what's going to happen. Right. Um, <laughs> so nope. did you have one client or two clients that really like changed the game for you and how long did it take you to get that? And if you could walk us through maybe, you know, as much detail as you can, I understand, you know, you probably can't tell us everything, but just walk us through, what was it like getting that first client? And when did you finally say, okay, I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm good to go. Like I said, I think that I, you know, in the beginning, I, I think I already started with three clients. Um, and I was able to go back to bartending, you know, two nights a week to be able to supplement the, uh, the income. So I had a good strategy in place. And the fact that I wasn't scraping pennies just because I had two clients, two or three clients. Um, so I gradually kind of came off of the bartending when I was ready. Um, and it was just kind of, it was just grinding. It was just asking, you know, friends and, and, um, acquaintances if, you know, if they, if they knew anyone that, that needed help. Um, I, you know, I was probably one of the first people that I knew to start a business that was solely for social media marketing. Granted, we do much more than that today, but at the time that's all that I was doing. And there were not a lot of people at that time that knew what they were doing as far as social media marketing for brands. So I did have, um, quite a bit of help from, from friends and, and people bringing me work. Um, but I think it wasn't until maybe year two or so that I felt comfortable enough to bring on help. And that was terrifying. So that was just in the form of part-time help. I don't know if I'll be able to actually keep you on payroll, but you can just help me out a few hours a week until, you know, maybe it gets, I can give you more work or I can't. Do you have, are there any stories like startup stories? I mean, everyone has like, I, I know for me it was, so I, I hung on to the same thing like you did, like you were doing some side stuff. You were still, um, bartending and whatnot. For me, it was a specific client that I got before I realized I just didn't have the time to give to like uh, to other jobs. So I was still, I was still, I went on to my own. This is, you know, this again, this is personally, I went on to my own and I was still holding on to like 15 hours here from somewhere else, from, 
from another, you know, an employer that let me still do things 15 hours a week. And I was holding on to like, I think it was 10 hours. Or so I was, I was still filling my time with 25 hours a week of a paycheck, so to speak. And I guess some people would say, oh no, that's, um, you know, you, you're, you're basically still working a job. And I was like, no, I was handling all my clients and I was giving them 15 hours for me. I finally had gotten a client. It was actually a sponsor for this podcast, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, that finally uh -huh. said, that said to me, okay, I just need to, I, I need to stop because now, now it makes no sense for me. Like the spot, the sponsor is going to help me out kind of right. subsidize whatever I was making there. And, um, that's when I realized I couldn't give my time elsewhere anymore. You know, and right. I think I actually, there were times where I was like, I wish I was still bartending or, uh, you know, serving. And I, I loved working in restaurants, especially through college. And even through my first couple of jobs out of college, I was always working in the restaurant. And when I call it the restaurant, it was my uncle's restaurant. So I was always there. I'm always like grinding on the weekends and whatnot. And, um, but when I started really putting a, you know, hundred percent effort into my own business. I was like, wait a minute, I can't be doing anything else. There's no way Like this is impossible. I've got so much to do. And, uh, all, you know, it didn't show, I, I'll be honest. It didn't show for like, ah, man, almost a full year before it actually started paying dividends, so to speak. But it was the most rewarding thing ever. Um, once it did. So anyway, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of piggyback off of what you said, but, uh, well, I want you, if you can give us, you know, a few tips, April's tips, social ape tips, uh, on, on making this happen, you know, jumping out, going onto your own and, and what, if you had to give anybody advice that's, or anybody, everybody listening to this podcast advice, what would you say to them? Um, in, in leaving, whether it's an employer or, uh, jumping into their, uh, you know, their, their dream I say dream job, but dream, uh, side hustle, turning that into reality. What would you say to them? Sure. I think my number one piece of advice would be, don't, would be to not, uh, don't be afraid to think big, you know, bigger than, bigger than you think that you can. So the reason why I say that is because when I first started my business, I thought because I didn't have much experience in, in running a business or business at all, that I could only do what I knew and at a very like simplistic level. Um, so I had a problem with thinking bigger because, you know, I was so new at this that I kind of was a little shy. I did not come out guns a blazing when I started my business. I was, I think a little bit more conservative about it. Um, and I even had a client that told me you're not thinking big enough. And so that was helpful to hear that. And I haven't forgotten it. And so, you know, I, I do try to think bigger. I do try to go after bigger clients now, even that, even though I still probably think that we won't be able to land that account, I still go for it. Um, so that would be the one piece of advice that I would, that I would offer is, you know, you, there's, there's a lot of competition out there now. Um, you know, I listened to your podca podcast and, you know, you've mentioned before that this is, this is the time to be an entrepreneur. It's a great time to do that. There's so much information out there. Um, and so there is a lot of competition from other entrepreneurs and small businesses or new businesses. And I think that you really have to think big, you have to be creative and you have to do something that will, that will definitely create, that will, um, make your company stand out from the competition. I, I maybe I don't even think, I mean, I know cause I hear this so much that 
Well, you know, you have to manage expectations. And I think I love what you just said because so many are told that, right? Told, oh, manage your expectations, you know, and I know I led off the podcast and I said that most businesses don't get to your point. And that was kind of the the point of what I was getting at was that I think that happens because people do manage their expectations and they're like, well, I can never be this. I can never be that. But if you think, if you, if you think about it, I mean, if you really step back and say, like, think about businesses out there, any business out there, uh, Apple, I mean, Apple started in a garage, you know, um, couple you know, Facebook, same thing, a, a dude in a, in a, <laughs> in his dorm room, uh, typing code. I mean, like everyone has that moment and obviously, you know, we see the success now. And I think that's, I think that's really uh, the key is for anybody that is looking to do this or you know, become an entrepreneur, own their own business, um, break out of that nine to five and, and kind of have their own freedom. It, there's more to it than just seeing Apple and Google and all these companies as big as they are now. I mean, you can't look at them now and com- try to compare yourself. You, you just can't. Or, or maybe it's an agency. Like you can't look at these massive agencies out there and say, "Oh my God, I'm never going to get to that size." Like if that's maybe agency life is what you want to do, like like yourself, um, you can't. You know, because you, you, you're not where they there they are now. You're where they were 50 years ago or whenever it was. Um, right. And obviously some companies have a different growth trajectory than others and different ideas may be better than others. But I think the key ingredient there is exactly what you just said. So that's why I'm stressing on it here is you have to think way bigger than you think is even possible and breaking out of that kind of limiting belief and allowing yourself to, to grow into that. So I, I great tip. Did you have more tips? Sure. Did you have more? Hmm. Yes. Um, be as organized as humanly possible. (laughs) I think that we all do. So be super organized, make sure that you're on top of your game and you said manage expectations. Of course, even if you're dreaming big and thinking big, you still need to uh, make sure that you're managing expectations for the client. So you went from having one boss and you're nine to five, and now you're going to have about six, seven, Mm. 10, however many clients you take on. Those are going to be your, your new bosses. So, you know, some people say to me, Oh, it must be nice to work for yourself. And I say, yes, it is. But I actually have, you know, 10 bosses now instead of one like yourself. So it's, it's an interesting trade. Um, I, although I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I really enjoy it and I love it, but yes. So be super organized. Um, go, go above and beyond to impress your clients, um, and make them feel appreciated because, um, as soon as you get bigger, you're going to be taking on more clients and you want to make sure that everyone's happy. You want to make sure that you are managing their expectations, um, and going above and beyond to really make sure that they're happy with, with, um, your partnership. April, I appreciate your time today. And I thank you for, uh, for joining us and giving us some of your, um, you know, your tips on how to make this happen, but also some of your story. And I think it's just, it's fascinating how everybody has a story. You know, we, we all have a story that we can tell. We all have, um, you know, moments that, kind of defined our newfound career, so to speak, or our newfound journey in life. Um, if that's where we're going, uh, you know, it's fascinating and I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you are you know successful in what you're doing and you made that jump. I love hearing those that, um, 
you know, they, they did it and just pushed through it. They pushed through the tough times and now they've gotten to a point where they can talk about it like this, right? Uh, tell us if you could tell the listeners where to find you and uh, tell them maybe a little bit more about maybe something you're looking for, maybe a client you're looking for, clients you're looking for. Um, pimp yourself out a little bit before, before I let you go. Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Ape Smith. So the name of my company is Social Ape Marketing. I probably should have mentioned this earlier. Uh, the name of the company is Social Ape Marketing, A-P-E as in a monkey ape. Um, and so the, the, the name came about because my nickname has been Ape, which is short for April ever since high school. So that is where Social Ape came about. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Ape Smith, A-P-E-S-M-I-T-H. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. And our website for social ape is social ape, A-P-E, that's how you find, that's how you find April. Yeah. Uh, and if you're in Charlotte, make sure you go say hi. Right. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are in the Hugo offices. Um, and as far as clients go, uh, we work with clients um, all over the country. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking for anyone that really sees the value in social media marketing um, and public relations. Um, so it, you know, we don't work with any kind of particular company, um, but we just want to make sure that we're working with companies that actually do see the value in, in social media marketing and public. Well, relations. I thank you for your time. And I'm sure the listeners are appreciative hearing uh, what it is they have to do if they haven't done it yet. And, and what maybe they're now going to be attempting to do and thinking much bigger. Hopefully I got a, uh, hopefully most of my listeners are now thinking huge. They're like, Oh, I'm going to knock it out of the park. And it's all thanks to April and social aid marketing, right? Uh, if it. you enjoyed the this episode, there's a couple others like it, actually four others like it, part of the Freedom Economy series sponsored by Spera, uh, working with the people from Spera over the past uh, few months has been really a change for the brand boost podcast in terms of, of content, but it's been well received by you listeners. And I thank you, uh, for embracing that, uh, that change, but also embracing the content that we've brought to you. Feel free to always leave me feedback. Feedback is very welcome. And publicly, I don't mind it. You can tweet me at Vincenzo Landino, or you can also email me, um, at any time, Vincenzo at aftermark.com. If you want to give feedback about the podcast or if there's something you want to hear, or if you know of somebody you'd love to hear on the brand boost podcast, feel free to do that. Also, for those of you that are looking to make this jump, April made a very good point about staying organized. The platform at Spera can help you from, from invoicing to project management to payment processing, which is something you'll need to ensure that you get paid and also you're not working harder, you're working smarter, uh, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial at brandboostcast.com forward slash freedom. Until next time. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.